Larry Mills comes from Turkey. He's been there 35 years with his lovely wife, Kay. And she, if you get to know her, she's absolutely fabulous in every way. But they've been missionaries for 35 years. Larry and Kay were, came and ministered way back in the 90s in Titusville at the CWI, even the landmarks who were there. So they've been a part of the CWI family for a very long time. So please, let's stand and give God the glory and thank him for the gift that's in Larry tonight. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing us to come here tonight. I really want to thank Pastor Dale, Pastor Sidney, uh, we've known for many, many years. I wanted to share a word with you tonight that um, I'm a foundations guy. I love foundations, and I, I'm always drilling on the foundation because foundations, when they're strong and right, you can build. Hallelujah. Amen? And I want to talk to you tonight about what I call the double blessing. The double blessing. Jesus, while on this earth, repeated a few times, it is better that he leaves, right? So the helper, the Holy Spirit, could come. And let me read just a couple of those places. In John 15, verse 26, But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Holy Spirit, the helper, when he comes. John 16, verse 7. This one is very important. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. Hallelujah. This was so important to Jesus. And it's even more important to us. And when this Helper, the Holy Spirit, would come... He would change us. He would empower us in two areas. This is the double blessing that I'm talking about. And some of these things I've shared here before, you've heard before, but they bear repeating. <clears throat> the work of the Holy Spirit within us. First blessing. Unto salvation. Like Jesus told the Samaritan woman in John 4, the water that I give you will be like a fountain or spring springing up into everlasting life. Amen? The work of the Holy Spirit upon us. That's the second blessing God wants for every believer. And that's to empower us to be witnesses. And Jesus said that be like a river flowing out from us. Amen? One is to bless you. One is to make you a blessing. Both are important. And God wants every child of His to have both. To know both. To experience both. Amen? Many scriptures speak of these two works in which God desires to bless every person. Some Bible teachers refer to it as the top line and the bottom line of all of God's promises to us. The top line and the bottom line. The top line is the Holy Spirit's work in you. And it's for your blessing, your salvation. You are blessed. Hallelujah. The bottom line is the Holy Spirit's work upon us, empowering us to be a witness. It makes you a blessing. The whole idea of God has its roots in the opening promises that God made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. God found in Abraham a man that he could work with, whom he cuts covenant with. That's the basis of the old covenant. But he says these promises, let's read a couple of them in, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And we'll find this double blessing here. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country... Sorry, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. By the way, Abraham was in Turkey, what is known as Turkey today. It wasn't known as Turkey then, in Haran. In uh, verse 2, he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. None, no exceptions. All the families of the earth 
All the ethnic groups of the earth will be blessed in you, Abraham. Hallelujah. So I'm going to bless you. Verse 2, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, top line, and you will be a blessing, bottom line. This theme of the twofold blessing that we read about here, it's repeated many times in many ways throughout the scriptures. Another time that it's repeated is in Hebrews chapter 6, when, when it's repeated what God had spoken to Abraham again in verse 14, Hebrews 6, 14, saying, surely blessing, I will bless you, top line, and multiplying, I will multiply you, bottom line, you will be a blessing, hallelujah, and both parts are vitally connected. It's like the bird with two wings. Ask him which wing he can do without. But let's look a little closer at these two blessings that God wants to work in every person's life. Every person's life. First, let's look at the top line. The Holy Spirit's work within for salvation. Without this first, you're not eligible for the second. The first has to take place in order to receive and be able to participate in the second. In John 4, we, I briefly quoted this earlier, John 4, verses 13 and 14, Jesus answered and said to this Samaritan woman at the well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. And then later in John 7, verse 38, Jesus refers to the second work of the Holy Spirit by saying to, to those that believe in him, out of his heart will flow rivers, not just a river, rivers of living water. And that river, those rivers flow out to others for healing, for salvation, to be a blessing to others. Amen? Makes me think of Acts 10, 38, Jesus as an example how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How God anointed Karen of Lancaster with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen? Put your name in there. How God anointed Larry Mills of Antioch, hallelujah, who went about doing good anointed of the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Amen? Amen. But there's this, by the way, it's that, it's that vision of the river flowing out of the temple in the book of Ezekiel. You know, in Ezekiel's vision. <clears throat> what a powerful vision. What a powerful picture of this living water flowing out from the temple. Hallelujah. Amen? Who's that temple? What's that temple? 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, is it 2 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians 6.19 You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Glory to God. But there's a fountain of living water that springs up within us, he says, unto salvation. Amen? When did that first happen? It first happened right after Jesus had completed His assignment in providing our salvation. Let's look in John 20. I want us to read this together because we need to see how Jesus immediately makes the connection between the top line and the bottom line. Many, many Christians today, especially in our country, have experienced the top line. But they're waiting around at the bus stop waiting for Jesus to come back and take them on to heaven so they can get out of this mess. But that's not the way Jesus has given it to us. Amen? <clears throat> John 20, let's read it, verse 14. Mary is at the tomb. She sees the stone rolled away. She's wondering where did they put his body? Where did they put his body? Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, 
which is to say teacher. In, the, in the, that moment when she realized, when she heard her name and knew it was Jesus, of course, what was her first reaction? She just wanted to embrace him. And what did Jesus say in the next verse? Jesus said to her, Mary. But in the next verse, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Do not cling to me. The sacrifice is not yet complete. Jesus makes it clear in verse 17 that he has to present his blood in heaven as the eternal sacrifice for all people. Glory to God. Reconciling the world unto himself. Hebrews describes what happened in heaven when he did this. In Hebrews 9, verse 24, it says, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Hallelujah. That's what he did in John 20 there. Amen? And later in John 20, we can see that Jesus has completed his sacrifice because in contrast to what he told Mary, don't touch me, don't cling to me, he tells Thomas, touch me. Something changed. His sacrifice was complete. Hallelujah. Now, others can receive what he paid for. Amen? But notice what happens in this moment that he appears to the disciples for the first time after his resurrection after Jesus has completed what he told Mary he had to do and what, what we just read was described in Hebrews 9.24. At verse 19, let's read this. Pick it up here, John 20, verse 19. Then the same day, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. You got the picture? Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The first thing Jesus does once his sacrifice was complete was to breathe on them and say, receive the Holy Spirit. Did they? I tell you, if Jesus was standing here today and breathed on you and said, receive the Holy Spirit, would you receive it? <laughs> you better believe you would. Hallelujah. Absolutely they received. These were the first ones to be saved. Top line. They were blessed by receiving eternal life via the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We know that by the words Jesus said next. Notice carefully what He says next. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Is He like saying, you know, the people you like, you can forgive their sins, but the ones you don't like, you don't have to forgive their sins and they're not forgiven then? Is that what he's saying? No, that's ridiculous. What he's saying is that with this great gift that you've just received comes a responsibility. Actually, it's a privilege to share it with others. It's a responsibility, but it's a privilege. Amen? That now we, what we've received, we can share with others. Hallelujah. Bottom line, they are to share this news with others so that they receive the blessing of eternal life. Amen? Bottom line. So let's look more at this bottom line for a moment. The Holy Spirit's work upon to empower us to be witnesses. We know we've received the gift. Now we know that there's a responsibility that, that came with this gift to share it with others. So let's talk about that for just a little bit. These same disciples that Jesus breathed on and said, receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus says to them to wait in Jerusalem. Why? 
for the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they got the Holy Spirit. Well, they got the Holy Spirit for salvation, but now they need to wait for the Holy Spirit for empowerment. Amen? The second work, the second blessing from the Holy Spirit. You follow me? So in Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. That's that upon side, the bottom line work. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Why? He tells in Acts chapter 1, Luke writes here in Acts chapter 1, let's look at verses 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, you have heard from Me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Down to verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Amen? So, of course, when did we see this happen? On the day of Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit was given for empowerment. Amen? Acts 2 verses 1-4. through We don't go there, but... So what happened after they were saved? These same disciples that were saved in John 20, and then after they were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, what happened? Well, they hung out in Jerusalem for nearly 10 years. Did God move? Oh yeah. You read mighty works, miracles, signs and wonders, but they never left Jerusalem. They never preached to anyone else but the Jews. For nearly 10 years. Then something changed all of that. They were only witnessing to the Jews. Not to the the world. Not to the non-Jews. But remember Jesus said in Acts 1.8 Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. That's Turkey today. That was the beginning back then but now it's the end. But look at what happened in Acts 8.1. I like that. Just flip that. You know, Acts 1.8. Acts 8.1. Acts 8.1 was in, a, in essence the fulfillment of Acts 1.8. In Acts 8.1 it says, Now Saul was consenting to Stephen's death. At that time a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Ready? Judea, Samaria, and it was to the uttermost parts, except for the apostles. It was right on the hills of that, in same chapter 8, that Philip goes down to Samaria and a revival breaks out. Amen. Acts chapter 9, Paul, glory to God, on the road to Damascus. God raises up Paul to reach the Gentiles. Today, we live in a crazy, sin-corrupted world that desperately needs what only Jesus can give. Do you agree? So let's just talk about that for a moment in light of what we've already said. Because we want to know why this power was given to us. And let me just throw a few facts out. This is I found this interesting that 6% of the world's population owns 59% of the world's wealth. Did you know that? 6% of the world's population owns 59% of the world's wealth. And all 6% are here in the United States. Hmm. 11% of the world's population are are evangelical Christians. 11% of the world's population. 15% of the world population has never even heard the name of Jesus. More than those that know Him have never even heard the name of Jesus. Of all the full-time Christian workers around the world, 95% of them work in already Christianized areas. That's a shocker. Less than 6% of all church finances go to overseas missions. Wow. I have a question. 
Can this second work of the Holy Spirit in our lives make that big of a difference in our lives? We have just a little time here tonight. Back in 1913, a French missionary was visiting a Dr. Wilson in his home. Dr. Wilson, as a believer, was very frustrated at the lack of fruit from witnessing to people, witnessing to patients, sharing Christ. Very frustrated at the lack of fruit in his life. And this French missionary asked him this question, Who is the Holy Spirit to you? He answered, well, he's part of the Trinity. He's a teacher and guide. This friend answered, you still haven't answered my question. Who's the Holy Spirit to you? To this, Dr. Wilson replied, he is nothing to me. I have no contact with him. And I could get along quite well without him. Wow. A year later, Dr. Wilson was sitting in a meeting listening to a Reverend James Gray At that time, he was the president of Moody Bible Institute. Dr. Gray was preaching from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We're all familiar with those verses, but let me read them to you anyway. He was preaching these scriptures. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Dr. Gray said, have you noticed that this verse does not tell us to whom we should give our bodies? It is not to the Lord Jesus. He already has his own body. It is not the Father. He remains on His throne. But another has come to earth without a body. God gives you and me the indescribable honor of presenting our bodies to the Holy Spirit to be His dwelling place on earth. As I said earlier, 1 Corinthians 6.19, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The embodiment of Glory to God, where He dwells. Amen? When Dr. Wilson heard this, these words, he went home, fell on his knees before God, and listened to how he prayed. My Lord, I have treated you like a servant. When I wanted you, I called for you. Now, I give you this body from my head to my feet. I give you my hands, my limbs, my eyes, and my lips, my brain. You, you may send this body to Africa or anywhere else you want to. It is your body from this moment on. Now that's another way of looking at it, isn't it? We always interpret it, and it's, it's, too, it's true, it's a good interpretation of, of not letting the body control us, not being led by the flesh. And that's, that's a good side of it. But this is a different spin, isn't it? I present my body. You own me. You, I, I'm possessed by you. You can do whatever you want with it. It's yours. Wow. And when he did this, and he meant it with all his heart, <clears throat> that was the beginning of a life of evangelistic fruitfulness. He went on to plant churches and Bible schools. We say we belong to Him. But do we live our lives in such a way that shows that He clearly has ownership? We asked the question earlier, can this second work of the Holy Spirit really make a difference in our lives? I want to read just a couple of Scriptures how it changed the early believers and the apostles Acts 4.33 And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Hallelujah. And I love how Paul writes the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 4 and 5. He says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen? Many of you have even been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you've not walked in the fullness of it. Maybe because you didn't really understand the purpose of His power in your life. We as believers, we have a great advantage 
Because we're connected by this Holy Spirit in us with heaven. Not just for a day, not just for a week or a year or even a season, but forever. We have a great advantage because we have this connection, hallelujah, by the Holy Spirit with heaven. Think about that for a moment. That's so powerful. I live with that. I, every day of my life, that's part of who I am. And it's part of who you are. And it's time you acknowledge it. Recognize it. Amen? Wow. Let, let's get our eyes on what's been given to us. We focus so much on, on the stuff around us, on, on what we don't have and our problems. Let's get our eyes on what we've been given. It'll lift you. Hallelujah. It'll bless you. It'll change you. Amen? Let's rise up and respond to the call of God to the nations more. Let's step into more. Amen? Of what we've been given. Wherever we live or work or study. Amen? Let's be mindful of these things. That His power is on us. It's in us and it's on us. Glory to God. Amen? We've been doubly blessed with this dual working of the Holy Spirit. We're well equipped to do whatever it is that He's called us to. What they did in the book of Acts, we are capable of and more. Amen? Jesus said, the works I do, you will do also. And even greater works than these will you do. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe it. Amen? Even if I'm not in it yet, I'm going there. I'm on my way. Amen? And I want to encourage you to get on that train. Amen? To think that way. To know what you've been given. It's awesome. And it's so much bigger than you. It's so much bigger than us. Amen? And so, let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm not afraid of the devil. He's afraid of me. Because he knows who's living inside of me. Hallelujah. Amen. And he knows what I know. (laughs) That's even more dangerous. When you start knowing God's mind, God's heart, God's call for your life. Wow. Even to know what you've been given. What you've been graced with. Wow. It's awesome. Amen? We need to stop cheating ourselves by trying to mix it with human logic and trying to figure it all out. Instead of just trust Him, just believe. You'll step into awesome things. Amen? Any great man or woman of God did just that. Lillian B. Oman uh, was a doctor, medical doctor, who ended up moving in great power. But she said everything changed the night that she got free from the fear of man. Because back in her day, definitely a woman could not teach or preach or do anything in the ministry. But she did it. And she, she came to a point where she surrendered that to God, got over the fear of man, started moving in the things of God and the supernatural power of God. And, and all of us have that capability. I'm not saying we all have the same call, but we all have the same gift given to us as far as the Holy Spirit's concerned. Amen? And, and we, we can rise up to greater things. Hallelujah. And, and I'm, not going to, I'm not going to allow my past failures or mistakes to cheat me from what's in front of me and what God wants to do in me and through me. Amen? You've got to make the same decision and where you need to forgive yourself of things in the past and present. You need to let go of things. Amen? where there's any unforgiveness. It's not worth it. Man, let it go. For the glory that's in in front of you, for what's being handed to you, what's being offered to you is so much greater. Amen? Hallelujah. I just want to pray right now for you. Hallelujah. Father, I thank You for the Word that has been brought tonight. I thank You, Father, for the Holy Spirit, this double blessing, Father, the work that You've done in us that changes us, that gives us this new uh, life. Hallelujah. On the inside. Glory to God. We're so grateful, Lord, for the promise of eternal life. But Lord, we're thankful for the power that's on us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
that equips us, empowers us to do the work that you've called us to. To be able to step into things, Lord, that are beyond our own ability. Hallelujah. Father, we believe, we receive, we thank you, Lord, for this great work of the Holy Spirit now. Hallelujah. We thank you that we're well equipped, Father. That we're not lacking in any good thing. Hallelujah. Because of what you've given us. Hallelujah. I pray, God, that you would help every person in here to lay aside any and every hindrance to these things operating fully in them. In Jesus' name. To be able to forgive where they need to forgive. And to be able to let go of the lies of the past. The lies about them. In Jesus' name. We choose to believe You, Father. We choose to believe Your Word. We choose to believe and and speak the things that we know are from You. Your Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want you to join me. Let's pray in the Holy Spirit. Let's pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Fall anew and afresh on us tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. Shakarando plangando, aro que se kele mondo, bledesca balananda, kelemon bando de diki papa lanai. Zekla talalaba shiki telemosondo, ronda la masanda la bashikiete. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for the gift, Father. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We receive, Father. We receive in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We rejoice in it, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for the leading of the Holy Spirit. That we hear your voice. That we know you're leading, Father. We know on the inside when it's the Holy Spirit. Spirit, when you're leading us, hallelujah, you're showing us things to come, hallelujah, glory to God. Zambrangisa klatala mahai, leblatisikietele mosandai, hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, hasho alama asi itele moondo, elama andala masai, hallelujah, shakatalada masai andando klakatai, hallelujah, glory to God. The one who knows everything lives on the inside of you. He knows every theory. He knows, he knows everything. He knows where you lost your keys. He knows how to lead you into blessing. He knows everything. All you have to do is ask. Honor Him. Ask Him. Holy Spirit, help me. Show me. Speak to me. Hallelujah. Lead me. Guide me. Hallelujah. And in the peace, the peace that He gives, He will lead you. He will speak to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Every step you need to take. Hallelujah. Even in your opening your mouth, He will fill it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a gift. What a gift. Hallelujah. I don't know everything, but the one in me does. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
only Jesus. Only Jesus. And we stand amazed in your presence tonight, Lord. Only Jesus. Many of you know the story of Anastasia. Many, many months ago, she was in a uh, diabetic coma for hours before she was found and really suffered some severe um, injury through that. Really could have lost her life, but Jesus, right? But Jesus. Jesus. But Jesus. Jesus. And for many, many months, couldn't move, couldn't talk, really a, a vegetable type of state. Didn't know what the future held for our Anastasia but Jesus, but Jesus. And family, this is what it's all about. If you wonder, you wanna know what the body of Christ looks like, look at your neighbor, look around this church that stood with our sister in the Lord through months and months of not knowing in the natural, but believing Jesus. Believing Jesus, not doubting, but believing Jesus that Anastasia had a future and a hope and a purpose and a newborn baby to look after. All the beautiful, priceless things that God had in store for her that the devil couldn't take. That's the beauty of a family of God. This church is a true family of God that knows how to stand in the gap as intercessor, trusting, believing, declaring the work of the Lord. Amen? So I don't want to put you on the spot, but look at, look, just look at everybody, because we've all been praying for you. And we rejoice with you and your precious baby. Do you want to say something? You just want to smile. Yes. Anastasia is going to be around for you to hug on her, to love her, to pray for her, lift her up. We're believing for a complete and total, complete and total. Jesus is the author and finisher of all things that we're believing him for. So we're believing him for a complete recovery that you're not only the way you were before all this happened, but better inside and out. A great testimony for Jesus and what he can do for anyone who will believe. Amen. Let's lift our hands and let's just worship the Lord and thank, thank the Lord Jesus. for this precious soul thank you, Lord. that he raised thank up really from the dead and gave life in her body, gave voice back in her, in her mouth to be able to praise the Lord. And let's all believe for a complete and total recovery for Anastasia. Amen. Father, we just thank you and give you praise. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the redemption, the healing. We thank you for all that Jesus provided for each one of us. Thank you for answering our prayers for Anastasia. And fathers, we continue to stand in the gap. We thank you for that complete and total recovery. We're believing for that. Are you? Do we have a great big amen? Everybody, Jesus! Glory to God! Well, make sure you love on Anastasia. Is she's going to be around? Right? You can stick around. Okay. Praise the Lord! What a testimony! to the glory of our Lord and Savior. He's alive, isn't he? He's alive and he's working in each one of us. Amen? Amen. All right. John, anything else? Nope. Okay. We're good. Well, listen, church, we got a lot to celebrate. A lot to celebrate tonight. So don't be hurrying off. Hug on each other, love on each other, and let everybody know how celebrated they are as a child of God. Amen? Glory to God. Amen. Be blessed. Fellowship downstairs. And please come on and, and fellowship with everybody else.
Good evening, everyone. Woo! Love that music. Fire you up. Amen. God is a good God. We have a, a, a faithful, fabulous, compassionate Father. And I have a scripture in Psalms 86. It says, But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in mercy and truth. I just have to tell and brag on Jesus right now. Because so many of you were praying this week as I went to Atlanta, Georgia for my daughter, my granddaughter's graduation. And they had over 250 people coming to this party because there was two of them celebrating at the same time. Thursday was a night of the party. And the radar and the forecast was 97% thunderstorms. That's high. <laughs> and the radar was red. It wasn't green like just Florida rain. It was red. And it kept inching its way toward Peachtree City where we are throughout the day. Meanwhile, we're setting up tables, making a photo booth outside, and everybody's not, I'm just going to be honest with you. When you walk by faith, you don't walk by sight. People were doing this with the phone and showing everybody the radar, and I just walked away. Because <laughs> I asked my father for no rain that day. And I believed in my heart that my father being a compassionate, loving, full of mercy, that he would answer that prayer. And I know a lot of you were praying that as well. And you know, when, when it got closer, like two hours before the party, it seemed like the forecast got worse. And I got happier. Because when things look really bad, God looks really good and really great. And I just love him getting all the glory because it's an impossibility for coincidence or I heard the word luck. I haven't heard that word in so long. And I just got happier as the radar got redder and closer. But my God, everybody say, but my God. Doesn't matter what the situation looks like in the natural. God's looking for somebody that will just believe him and not doubt for his goodness, his compassion, that he will get the glory and the praise. He's just looking for that. He's looking for somebody who will flat out believe him. I'm here to tell you, because I don't know what the radar looked like. I never looked at it. I was looking in here, in here, and following the Spirit. Yes, my God, my Father, a loving, compassionate Father, no rain today. It did not rain one drop. Not one drop. Not one drop. I don't know how it dissipated. I, it wasn't even the conversation. Everybody was so happy. Uh, probably 250 people floated in and out and said, isn't the weather beautiful? You know, it was supposed to rain, you know that, but we came because it didn't. And the conversation was, wow. And I'm just smiling on the inside for a faithful, fabulous, compassionate, loving father who really cares about what's important to you. So remember that. You might think this is an insignificant thing, but your faith gets built up on these little things. You love God more than you ever loved him before because he answered your prayers, because he came through for you. Amen? Well, let's just all stand up and praise this wonderful God that we all serve because he is compassionate, loving, and full of mercy. Praise is a highway to the heart of God. Praise is a highway to the move of God. Jesus, we just thank you so much and praise you and bless you. We lift our hands. 
we lift our hearts we lift everything about us lord and give you praise and glory and worship we thank you for who and what you are king of kings and lord of lords master redeemer deliverer protector provider everything that we need you are jesus and we give you praise and glory let's lift our hands and just thank the lord tonight let's give him our praise let's give him our thankfulness let's just tell him how much we love him and thank him for his goodness he is a good god he's always good thank you father thank you jesus thank you holy spirit we bless you we honor you we give you praise and glory hallelujah 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 well one way we love god is how loving one another so turn to your neighbor and tell him i love you i really love you you're my brother and sister in the lord you've been redeemed and we're doing life together amen isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the lord assembling ourselves with like believers like-minded believers like-hearted believers it just really impacts upgrades our life amen praise the lord I was looking at one of my Bibles today and I saw this, this little sign. And this little sign said, only God can make flowers and trees. I'm in charge of seeds and weeds. Isn't that a really good saying? So, I, you know, I just, I just stopped and I started meditating on this. So seeds are a good thing. Everybody buy seeds for the intent to plant seeds. And hopefully those seeds produce fruit in life, right? Isn't that the intent of a seed, a good seed? Weeds, on the other hand, except dandelions. Now dandelions are a good weed, <laughs> However, weeds take over, don't they? They get on a hand. They choke all the good uh, garden plants, the cultivated ones. And a lot of times their roots are underground. You ever notice that when you try to pull weed? You're pulling weeds from underground. Weeds take a lot of extra work. And really, they're a part of the fall. I think they're a part of the fall. <laughs> when I'm out in my garden pulling weeds, I think they're a part of the fall. So the definition for a weed is a wild plant growing where it is not wanted and in competition with a cultivated plant. Doesn't that kind of nail it? So if we're in charge of seeds and weeds, that puts a responsibility on us to sow and take care of that plant that we sowed, correct? Amen. So Ecclesiastics, I'm going to turn, if you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, in Ecclesiastics chapter 11, and by the way, anybody need an envelope for your offering? Please raise your hands. The ushers will be able to get you an envelope, and you can write your checks out to CWI, and if you're doing it by credit card, fill out all the blanks. We appreciate you doing that. And... Are you all at Ecclesiastics 11? It says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. So the responsibility for me and for you is to cast your bread or to sow your seed or to plant it. Look down at verse 5. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you don't know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed. And in the evening, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper. Either this or that. Or whether both alike will be good. So God is wanting to grow your seed. Because he's all about harvest. Our responsibility 
is to sow the seeds and take care of the weeds. Yeah, that's, that's our responsibility. So fertilize that seed, water that weed, or water that seed. <laughs> Don't water the weeds. Water the seeds, you know, take care of your seed. Don't use your mouth to say, oh, I wish I hadn't given that, or I wish I hadn't done that for that person. No, be cheerful in your giving. Be purposeful in your planting, intentional, and just cultivate that. Father, I just thank you that you gave me bread so that I could cast it upon the waters, so that I could obey your word to sow the good seed. And Father, I'm believing you for a harvest on that seed. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how it will prosper. All I know is it will. Glory to God. See, that's you, that's cultivating it. That's fertilizing that seed. Putting your trust in the father of the harvest. All he asks us to do is plant and sow that seed. So if you have your seed right now in your hand to sow, ushers, will you get your baskets and come on up and we're going to sow our seed. The father's going to see that seed. And we're going to be obedient to do that and then trust the Lord with all our heart that that seed is being multiplied. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today is Mission Sunday, so we will have a missions offering as well. So if you want to prepare your mission offerings, lots of you already have that prepared. And uh, let me get mine in because I always forget. Here. Thanks. Um, I thank you for being prepared for Mission Sunday today as well. So in the meantime, if you have your bulletins, do you all have your bulletins? Did you get one when you came in? There is so much going on in this church. Wow. It's amazing. Do you know there's a CWI families group smoked meat cook-off? Who's coming? I'm raising my hand because I think the best meat in the whole world is smoked brisket. <laughs> I really do. And that's going to be there. So you just sign up on the family page, um, Facebook page, or message Kelly. She's in charge of that. Please do that. It's going to be a lot of fun. City Gate is coming up the first Sunday of June. Has anybody uh, who has never gone before, are you considering going? I'm a listening. <laughs> I hope you are. It's the first Sunday in June. I think it's June 5th. Yep. And we just have a blast, as you've heard many, many times over. So please prayerfully consider, if you've never come, to step out into the water and come. You'll be so glad that you did. If you are a graduate graduating this uh, spring, please Sign up the back sheet back there so we know, so we can uh, bless you and and uh, celebrate with you. Also coming up August 28th is a CWI summer picnic. And boy, that's always a great time. So please make sure you look at that. Coming up in June, uh, the 13th through the 17th is the Armada Landmark. And I'm sure a lot of you have attended that uh, in the past. You know it's going to be fabulous. It's called Warring in the Spirit. So it's going to be a very powerful week. I hope you're planning on attending. You do have to register uh, for that, for the dinners that are available each and every night. Please see Debbie on that if you have any questions. All right? So do you have your mission offering, everybody? Uh, we're going to cast our bread upon the water. We're going to uh, sow our seed. Uh, the Bible is very clear on this in Galatians. It says, whatever you a man soweth, he shall surely reap. Now, this is a principle of, of the kingdom of God. God said, don't, don't be deceived in this, and I won't be mocked in this. Whatsoever a man soweth, he shall surely reap. So if you're sowing, you're going to reap. You're going to reap the blessing of the Lord. It's a guaranteed promise from God. Amen. Our part is just to sow the seed. Amen. Father, we thank you 
you may pass the baskets on the on the mission offering. By the way, if um, you put in the memo, because Larry Mills, Pastor Larry Mills, is going to be our speaker tonight, and you would like to give into his ministry, some of you do that on a monthly basis. If there's those of you that would like to give to Larry tonight, you can put that in the memo. We will have a basket in the back as well, and in addition, if you would like to put in that in addition. Amen? So let's pray over these offerings. Father God, we are so thankful and honored to be a part of your kingdom, that you called us by name and drew us by the Holy Spirit into your family. Now we are children of the Most High God, and we get to be partakers with you on the earth, in the flesh, your will being accomplished in your kingdom. And Father, sowing and giving offerings is a part of the principle of sowing and reaping. And we're just so grateful to be a part of that. First John 3 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Father, it is your will that we prosper. It is your will that we are healthy, spirit, soul, and body. And a lot of that has to do with the way we think and process your word. So, Father, continue to prosper us. And especially tonight, our hearts are open to receive the good word of God from Larry tonight. We put a pressure on the Holy Spirit and we cultivate our heart, good soil, to hear the good word of God, one word that can change our life forever. Father, we just give you all the praise and glory for what you're going to do tonight in each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, my kiddos, my little nephew, uh, grandchildren in North Carolina, when we pray, did we pass the baskets for the offering? We did. I'll have to get that. This is what we do. And after we pray, we go, Gee, come on, Larry, Jesus. Wait a minute. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I forgot. It's two things. But anyway, Jesus. Oh, amen. I, I, we now, the whole family does it every time we pray. So there's agreement. There's power in agreement. Be intentional about agreement. When we say amen, everybody says Amen. Glory to God. See, your father heard that. That's agreement and there's power in that. I really want to thank Pastor Dale, Pastor Sidney. Uh, we've known for many, many years. Um, what a blessing to our lives. They've enhanced our lives greatly. They've been a blessing and just recently took my place when I had to come back in March for the birth of our seventh and eighth grandchild. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, I know I don't look that old, but I actually have eight grandchildren, hallelujah, and uh, four daughters, three uh, son-in-laws. Uh, most recently, my youngest daughter married uh, Nathan Dom, who's a senator, state senator from the state of Oklahoma, and uh, is running for U.S. Senate now. We're believing on June 28th in the primaries, if he wins that, it'll be a shoe-in uh, in the fall. And so godly men, we need godly men in our government, Amen. And so believe God with us that Nathan Dom will be the next senator for the state of Oklahoma. Amen. Amen. And uh, if he wins that in June, then they're coming to our Holy Spirit conference in August. So we're excited about that. Um, when he wins in June, on June 28th, hallelujah, we will shout together. Amen. We can shout before. <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> hallelujah. We join them actually every Saturday morning to have a prayer uh, prayer group at his campaign office. And so several believers come together and we just have a Holy Ghost time. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful for you. You have been a blessing as a church family to us also. Many of you have given sacrificially uh, in many ways. You've supported us on a monthly basis. Many of you personally and then the church as a whole and so we're so grateful for that. Our labors really, truly are united. We're together. Amen. And as I know, certainly that one day in heaven, there will be many Turks lined up to thank you and uh, as well as us for our sacrifice and our giving. 
to bring the gospel, the light to a part of the world that was first evangelized and now is the least evangelized. But we're there to change that. Hallelujah. Amen. And um, <clears throat> we've been going through, through a transition recently. We, um, as I mentioned, we, we do translation of books. That's a very important part of what we do. I've said this to you before. I've showed you books that we've translated like Triumphant Church, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God by Brother Hagen. Um, more recently, we did uh, Art of Prayer that was sponsored by uh, family in your church here. Um, and it's been a blessing to the people of, of Turkey. We also recently did Mark Hankins' book, A Spirit of Faith. Spirit of Faith. I don't know if you've heard of that book, but it was done in September in time for our last Holy Spirit conference. And uh, <clears throat> this book is wild, man. I tell you, you got to get ready if you're going to sit down and read this book. Because uh, he says things like, you know, the spirit of faith will make you want to grab a corn shock, swing out over hell and spit in the devil's eye. Hallelujah. A, sp a spirit of faith will want to make a tadpole want to slap a whale. <laughs> Glory to God. Or make a 17-year-old boy run at a giant and tell him what he's going to do when he gets him. I'll have your head hanging in my tent tonight. Hallelujah. And then he says, never run at your giant with your mouth shut. Talk to it while you're running at it. Glory to That's the spirit of faith. Amen. So this has been a real inspirational book. Uh, the most recent book we finished is another book sponsored by a family in the church and this church uh, together, and it's 10 Hours to Live by Brian Wills. Most of you have heard of this book. And this just came out like two weeks ago, and already, man, it's had the largest, greatest impact of any book we've done. It's amazing. People reading this book, even people who don't even know God, Muslims read this book, and they're amazed by it. And uh, so... I love the fact that, you know, I tell people, I wish every healing was instantaneous. And some are. And it's awesome when it is. But sometimes it's not. And when it's not, we've got to learn how to stand in faith and fight the good fight of faith. Not give up or not give in. Amen? We, and it also teaches how his mother stood by him. We need people of like precious faith who will stand with us and believe with us. Amen? All the way through. And that's, that's two areas that are covered in this book. And the guy that translated it, Jevdet, he's one of our translators and teachers at our Holy Spirit conference this year. He translated this book and he said, it's the best book on healing he's ever read. And he said, I believe it's going to be an awesome blessing to our people. So there's that. The book that we just started to translate, um, The Holy Spirit and His Gifts, Bible study course. There's Three other Bible study courses by Brother Hagen: Faith, Prayer, and Healing. And we're going to do it just like that. First faith, then prayer, then healing, since we already have this healing book. But to just translate this book, it's, it doesn't look very big, but if you put it in this format, it'd be over 400 pages. And so it's costing us like $6,000 to translate it. And we just started like two weeks ago to translate it. And it goes through three proofings after it's translated. And so all that is included in that price of $6,000, but we've got 500 already that's come in. Hallelujah. And it's, it's so good. There's nothing in print in Turkish that teaches about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Nothing. So you can imagine, this is very, very powerful, needed, and a, a, it will be a great blessing. So believe God with us for that to happen. Amen? Um, one of the things I wanted to mention, I was out, Pastor Jay uh, Stolzfus, is it? That's uh, in Colorado in February and ministered there. He, they share a facility like you do here with another church. I preached in that church on Sunday morning. Pastor Jay has their service like you do here on Saturday night. But on Sunday morning, I was preaching in this church. This is the second time I've been there. But nobody knew, and I didn't say about the transition that we were going through, you know, that we were going to partner and become a part of something a lot bigger than us. And so this lady comes to me afterwards. I'd never seen her before. I don't know who she is. And she says, God gives me visions and dreams. And right away, all my flags go up, you know, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And she says, um, and I had a vision while you were preaching. And I said, oh, really? What, what did you see? She said, well, I saw this wave coming into shore. And that shore was Turkey. And you were that wave. And she goes, but it was the kind of wave that's just gentle. You kind of like to soak your feet, soak your feet in and, and just enjoy. And she said, but as that wave began to recede, at the same time that wave began to recede, this huge tidal wave was coming in over top of it. She, she said, you were not that wave, but you were in that wave. 
And she said, when that wave hit Turkey, it made a huge impact. I'm thinking, you might have missed it a hundred other times, but you got it right on this one, let me tell you. Hallelujah. It's, it's an exciting day to be alive and, and to know that you're part of something great, that you're part of something awesome that God's doing in the earth. Amen? This church has got seed everywhere. You were talking about seed. I'm thinking, man, this church has got seed in some of the wildest places, man, in the awesome, most awesome places. And so you're part of something really great. Hallelujah. And you're not too old. Hallelujah. You're not too young. Amen. You're right where you're supposed to be. And God has a lot more to do. Amen. Um, I wanted to mention about this booklet because many of you have used this in the past. We've got new, these new booklets. They're the same as before. We have 12 pages for 12 months. Uh, and if some of you would like a new booklet that already have been using them in the past or like to start it up again, we would be very grateful. We're trying to get another uh, 40 booklets out of $50 or more per month. Uh, if you can't do that, we understand, but even $10 or whatever a month would help. It'd be a blessing. But if you'd like to start new and partner with us on a regular basis, all we need is your name and email address. We'll send you a letter uh, explaining more about it. But there's like three ways of giving with these each one of these pages that explains it on here through Zelle or through PayPal or uh, you can use a credit card, whatever. But anyway, it's a monthly way of partnering with us for 12 months. It's not eternal, you know, so... It's 12 months, and if you want to renew after that, you're welcome to. If not, we understand. But we would so appreciate it, okay? If you're interested in partnering with us or getting a new booklet to replace what you have or you ran out, see my wife Kay after the meeting, and she'll take your name and email address. Also, if you just want our e-letter, just give us your name and email address so you can pray more effectively for us and more accurately, amen? We try every six weeks to put out an e-letter with pictures and everything and updates, okay? So we would appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay, I forgot to mention, I'm going to be in this area until like the end of uh, Landmark. Uh, like the 17th, 18th of June, we'll be heading back towards Tulsa. But um, next weekend, just on the weekend, we're going down to Tampa to minister in a church in Tampa, Florida. And then the following weekend in Washington, D.C. But So if anybody would like to get together or something, we're open to that. Um, we should be able to do that so if you're interested let us know uh and maybe tomorrow we'll come and join your yeah your smoked meat i love those brisket things is it monday I, i'm acting like it's sunday because i'm you know anyway it's monday but we will be there on monday i think so yeah uh 